Welcome back. Glad to have you. The one thing when we talk about the adjustments and, and um, uh, David over on the, the Bud Light live stream brings up a really good point. He said, look, they did make an adjustment. Justin Jefferson didn't do a lot in the second half. You're correct, but they, they ran the ball a lot in the second half. They ran it more in the second half because they were salting the game away. And that's when they started opening it up to other other guys, too. Don't forget. But um, they had 13 carries in the first half, 15 carries in the second half of rushing the football. And that's when they suddenly got Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook out of the backfield, K.J. Osborne a little more involved in the second half. So you're correct. Absolutely. They did make an adjustment. It was too little too late. Because by then, uh, you know, I think in the first half alone, Justin Jefferson had a, uh, 158 yards. So you can talk about, half, quote, halftime adjustments, but at that point in time, the dynamic of the game had changed as well. Don't forget. 877-867-1670, uh, It seems like everything's back and working and doing all that kind of proper stuff over there in the Bud Light live stream. So good to have all that back and fixed and Thanks to the engineers out here at uh, WKTY. Um, this is from Mac. Mac says, uh, I hope that Matt LaFleur has a better game plan against the Bears. It would be awful to start off 0-2 and to lose two divisional games right away. I'm – and I – here, let's go back. Let's back up for a second. I had picked the Bears to get beat, but I had picked the Packers to get beat. So, you know, one and one, we'll say. I did not think the Packers would win that game uh, up in Minneapolis. And here's the reason why. Um New head coach, new pep in your step, new offense, the same familiarity when it came to the uh, the offensive unit and the weaponry they had. Uh, when you got Justin Jefferson and you get Darisaw back, your big left tackle, he comes back, uh, you know, obviously uh, Ingram, uh, big Ed Ingram. Uh, you got uh, Adam Thielen. Uh, Jalen Rager, they made the trade for KJ Osborne. They still have Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. You still have the familiarity with Kirk Cousins. You just look at all of that and say it's the same group of guys. They're just learning a different playbook and and and, and a hybrid type of system. So and a system that is better. So I thought, offensively speaking, they were set. Okay, and I was really anxious to see this 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 much talked about Packers defense do a job against them. And I was a little bit, and and again, I go back to the fact that even the Vikings were shocked the Packers didn't play man up on Justin Jefferson, okay? So that being said, then you've got a healthy Daniil Hunter. You've got a healthy Zedaria Smith, who is just at that point salivating to get after the Green Bay Packers. They're still good in the middle. Uh, 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 Harrison Phillips is is solid at the nose tackle position. uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Really, really good as well. They got better in the secondary. I'm not going to say they're great, but you still have Eric Hendricks. You still have Jordan Hicks. You know, I had mentioned uh, Zedarius, uh, the addition of Zedarius. They added Shannon Sullivan, who is also, don't forget, I mean, I, you, you may not, you may say, wow, Shannon Sullivan, come on. But he's a guy that has gone up against this Packers offense, up against this, this, uh, this Matt LaFleur offense for a few years in Green Bay. So he knows some of the nuances as well. Between him and Zedarius, that's a lot of intel. And they're both solid players. Zedarius better, obviously, but they're both solid players. 
So I thought, this is going to be a tough game. This is not going to be an easy matchup. And I thought it would be closer, but I thought the – plus the production of – and the, the, the sound and the crowd and the energy and opening day. And I just thought this is kind of the Vikings Super Bowl. And they put everything they had into that game. So now we'll see what the rest of the season holds. They got off, and they got the momentum going, and they got the ball rolling in the right direction. So now we'll see what the Packers do. And the Packers have, go back to last year, they started out slow. They, you know, again, I, what I said yesterday I think rings really true. There was a lot of reasons why you could see this coming. You know, and I'll start with the leadership of Aaron Rodgers specifically. He didn't want to come to OTAs. He didn't want to come to the the minicamp. The mandatory he showed up for, but remember, he said, I don't need to be there. Cobby will coach them up. I don't like joining practices. I don't want to play in the preseason. There's a lot of I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want. And, and these are all things he used to do. So, and I, I agree, Aaron Rodgers is an unbelievably brilliant football player. He is probably one of the smartest guys to ever take a snap under center. He is the matrix going to the line of scrimmage. But there is a chemistry, there is a familiarity, there is a coachability that he has that no one else has because it starts with the snap of the football to put it in the MVP's hands. There's a level of expectation. There's a level of relationship. There's a level of need, of want, of of into it that has to go into all of that. That starts from day one, shaking a hand, eating lunch with a guy, going to dinner with a guy, talking to guys in rooms, talking to guys, whatever, however it is, relationships are built, that they do it that way. It takes time. And the difference between this year and years past is this year you didn't have a number one. You have always had a guy, whether it was Jordy, whether it was Greg, whether it was Jermichael, Donald, you've always had guys, James Jones. You always had this group of guys. Devontae, you go through the whole list of guys. You always had somebody. You had a blanket. This year there was no blanket. So the difference between Kirk Cousins and what he was coming into with Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, you go through that list, and what Aaron Rodgers was coming into, a new Sammy Watkins, a new uh, Romeo Dubs, a new Christian Watson, you know, a new uh, Samore. So, uh, uh, Samore Torrey, you, you know all those guys are new. You've, It's different. It's just different. So, it starts there and then trickles down. So, I, I just thought they would lose. I thought they would take their lumps, and then they would go back and say, whoa, that was ugly, just like last year. That was ugly, and now we come out and fire on all cylinders because it it brings your focus back to center. Last year was the, thank God he's back, here's the reunion, we've got to make things better, we've got to make Aaron Rodgers happy. It was the great big giant hug of Aaron Rodgers coming back into training camp. This year, it was about, what do we talk about? The most coming into training camp. What was the most discussed thing during the OTAs in coming into training camp. What was the most discussed thing that we talked about and kind of joked about and 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 was probably the the ayahuasca? Is am I pronouncing that correct, Ben? Yes. Yes you are. The ayahuasca? That's what we talked about the most. There, there was there was no other discussion. There wasn't like, you know, guys getting together and working on this or working on that and relationship building we, we were talking about ayahuasca they Bill, were talking they had, about the go ahead they had t-pain performing at halftime 
I don't know how you could. They brought out all the stops. I don't know how right. you can possibly yeah, win t- a game when the opponent T-Pain brings playing. in T Pain. T Pain was hanging out. It was really cool watching the uh, the pre production of all of that. But we wa- we talked about the receiving core, or lack thereof, and ayahuasca. Those were the two big topics. Who was going to be the number one? And we all know there's not a true number one. I don't mean to be a jerk, but you don't have anybody of uh, of a Devontae caliber, Tariq Hill caliber, Amari Cooper caliber. You know? And then there was other guys that were sitting out there that they didn't want to go after. And I, I, I'll say this. Now, we'll see what the rest of the season holds, but Julio Jones looked pretty good. Tom Brady made him look pretty good. And I didn't think he, I, you know, Tennessee cut him loose. I don't, I didn't think he would uh, amount to much. So in one game, not a bad look. I went back and watched a little bit of that when people started talking about it. I thought, well, I better go see for myself. And he didn't look bad. He didn't look bad. He's, he's lost a step. There's, there's no doubt about that, but he didn't look bad. Um, and Brady took time off, too. I mean, he, you know, but he got Godwin and Evans and everybody back. So, and then they had added Julio Jones. But I, I just, um, I, I just, it, it, there always seems to be this early dysfunction and then they get it right. So, in the essence of getting crazy, no, I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going nuts on the Packers. I think they're going to be fine. I just, I think there's a right to criticize. I think there's a right to question. But I think in the long run, I'm still sticking with my 13 to 14 wins on the season. I, I believe that. But my thought was, and I said it on national shows and I've said it locally, I really thought we would see more motion. Much of what we saw in the second half of that ball game, I thought we'd see more motion, more movement, more of the quick outs, uh, wide receiver bubble screens and such. I think we'll see a lot of that. You can still take a shot downfield. And Christian Watson, you know, he – was highlighted over and over and over again on the four-letter network and the NFL network and watching that drop and grabbing the two hands on his helmet and going, oh, my God, because he knows it. I, I would probably venture a guess that that's just not going to be the norm. But um, you've got weapons. It's going to take time for them to really get on the same page with Rodgers. But am I in a panic mode? No, not in a panic mode. Not uh, Not in a panic mode. Not at all. So, anyway, that being said, Christopher, you the man. Scott, how you, how you doing? Love talking to you. Jesse, glad to have you back as well. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, you can always follow us on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Show. You can follow us on the Facebook fan page, Facebook.com, The Bill Michael Show. Find us over there. Email the program, TheBillMichaels at gmail.com. The website, simply TheBillMichaels.com. That's the easiest way to follow us. You can listen live there on your laptops and your computers or download the app. Download the app. Our main app, our flagship station out of Madison, W-O-Z-N, The Zone in Madison. It's easy. It comes up. You'll see it right there in the uh, the Play stores and such. You can find us there. Another great way to listen to the program. Take us anywhere and everywhere. But it is so good to be back on in Green Bay. Thanks to, uh, and everybody, uh, for that matter, on the network as we continue to grow. And I'm hoping to see Greg and the gang at WJJQ when I head up to uh, Tomahawk tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Say hi to them, our newest affiliate over there as well. So a lot of good stuff going on. Thanks for taking a listen to us. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. And welcome in to everybody on the network now. Glad to have you. From Tomahawk to Platteville, Green Bay, Menominee, Marinette, Shano, Clintonville, Milwaukee, Madison, Eau Claire, right here in uh, La Crosse, which is where I'm broadcasting from today at 96.7 FM WKTY. And uh, in the sports studio here, uh, Grant Bill's going to join us coming up a little bit later on in the program from lacrosse. So we'll have him live here in studio. But for right now, our buddy Mike Sco- uh, Mark Schofield uh, from SB Nation joining us on the hotline. Mark, how you been, pal? I'm doing well, Bill. Great to be back with you today. So uh, let's start off with the assessment in your eyes of the Green Bay Packers taking on the Minnesota Vikings and the ugliness that was. Well, at first, I have to tip a hat in your direction because I was on late last week saying, hey, you know, I until I see it from Minnesota, I'm not buying in. I think Green Bay is going to win this game. And you pushed back saying you kind of like Minnesota in this one. And you were right. I mean, I think a couple of things stand out. One, you know, when the Packers have the football, there were some struggles in protecting Aaron Rodgers. He was under pressure early and often that game. You had the drop from Watson. And, you know, that's been a storyline, you know, pretty much all off season. how – Rodgers was going to get on the same page with these young wide receivers, was going to take some time to build some chemistry and a drop after a great route to work himself open. You know, probably not the start you wanted to see. You know, that on the defensive side of the ball, somebody, you know, got to cover Justin Jefferson at this point, seeing him run wide open against some zone coverage looks. You know, you wonder what happened there, what led to some of those breakdowns and big plays from the Packers offense. But I mean, excuse me, the Vikings offense. But, but you know, as I said here at the outset, it was a bit of a surprise to me, not what I expected, but certainly one of the results we saw this week that, that probably raised some eyebrows. The uh, the protection breakdown, I, a little bit I understand. I mean, Yash Nyman played uh, the majority of the season, obviously, for David Bakhtiari, so that was a little bit surprising. But uh, the fact that Jake Hansen struggled in pass protection and they did not make a move to go to Zach Tom until late in the ball game. Uh, and then kind of changed things up. That was a little bit surprising, wasn't it? It was surprising. I mean, you'd think, you know, a little bit earlier, some adjustments, some personnel changes, maybe, you know, getting some help for those guys and protection would have been what they would have done. It seemed like it took a while for that to materialize. You know, we sometimes see this in week one, though. You know, week one can sometimes be a little bit of fool's gold where, you know, teams go in with a game plan, but you're not quite sure how it's all going to come together. And it takes a little bit for those adjustments to make sense and to materialize. And, you know, obviously, you know, Coastal Florida and others, they'll learn from what they saw on Sunday and evaluate things going forward. But, you know, it could have these adjustments, these personnel changes, they probably could have happened a little bit sooner in that game. Maybe it would have changed the result, maybe not. But you'd expect to see some, something different going forward. So uh, I want to talk about some of the other games that were on the docket because there were some interesting games. First of all, what we saw in Cincinnati and the Pittsburgh Steelers, Joe Burrow throwing four picks, then they turned the ball over another time, five turnovers. No team is going to come back usually from five turnovers. It hasn't been done in a long, long time. Were you surprised at the attention to detail when it came to trying to fix that offensive line? It was so terrible last year at Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's sack was at five, six, seven times in that ballgame. And then T.J. Watt now going down with a torn pectoral. Looks like he's done for the season. A lot of things going on there for the, uh, well, the defending AFC champions. Yeah, a lot of things uh, from that game. I, you're right in that the offensive line was a huge storyline this offseason. We saw Burrow go down, what, nine times against the Titans in the divisional round. 
And so, you know, we saw it. Hey, Leo Collins comes in a right tackle. Alex Capper, center. They're, they're rebuilding that offensive line, but he's still under pressure early and often. And then there were some moments where, you know, you wonder if the appendectomy and a little bit of time off that Burrow had played a role because he had some throws. There was a seam route over the middle that was intercepted. The pick six early in the game with the Minka Fitzpatrick where it didn't seem like there was enough zip on those throws. Ball hangs for a little bit, and particularly on the Fitzpatrick pick six, you know, he's got the time and the ability to get under that route and, you know, return that for a touchdown. And so you wonder if that played a role. I think the Steelers' defense, that's going to be obviously, I think, what carries them this year. You know, they've got Mitchell Trubisky taking over. The Watt injury, that's something certainly to monitor. There's reporting out in the past, you know, 10 hours or so that maybe it's not a torn pack. Maybe he could be back. And so that's something certainly to monitor. But, again, week one, right, we've spent all summer thinking, oh, the Bengals have rebuilt their offensive line. They're going to be able to protect Burrow. And what happens? He's under pressure. They have all these turnovers. And week one doesn't go the way we thought it would. The other uh, side note to injuries, Jerry Jones says today that they will not put Dak Prescott on the injury list or on the uh, IR because they believe he can come back in four weeks with a busted-up, surgically-repaired thumb. Is Jerry, like, taking some kind of drug that's euphoric that maybe we all need to know about, or maybe he's taking the advice of Aaron Rodgers and getting the teabag thing over on the beach where he feels a, a hundred hands on him for love? What, what is Jerry thinking? I mean, that's an extremely optimistic viewpoint because, it, you know, in the hours after that injury, the initial reaction, the, the initial thought was, this is six to eight weeks. This is going to be, you know, a, a longer period that Dak Prescott is going to be out. They're going to have to make a move. They're going to have to add, you know, a Gardner Minshew or a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Tyrod Taylor. We've heard all those names banded above. This is a rather optimistic viewpoint. Now, maybe he's right. Maybe he's going to go down the Russell Wilson rehab where Wilson had the fractured thumb last year and rehabbed 20 hours a day somehow with – you know, a massaging glove and things like that to get him back to where he was. But let's not forget when Wilson came back, he wasn't a hundred percent right away. It showed he was missing on throws and you could point to his fractured thumb as a reason for that. They might try to get Dak Prescott back. They might try to stay afloat for three to four weeks here with Cooper Rush, get Prescott back as soon as possible and try to write the ship with him. But if he's not a hundred percent, how good of a move is that? Because remember last year, Dak had the calf strain, and then he had that loss to the Raiders on Thanksgiving Day where he certainly could not drive off that right foot and finish throws. He was losing velocity as a result. Jerry might you know, be very optimistic in that they could get Dak back earlier rather than later, but that still might not be the best move for Dallas if he's not close to 100% as it impacts how he throws the football. You know, there's so many intriguing stories coming out of week one. The Bears in that just absolute downpour, getting the win and upsetting the 49ers. Justin Herbert looked like he just matured over the offseason, and they get a win over the Raiders. Kansas City, they lose Tariq Hill. They still have some weapons. They pick up a couple of guys like MVS from the Packers, and they just dismantle five touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes, dismantle the Cardinals who just paid their quarterback. And then obviously last night the Seahawks, they ended up knocking, knocking off the Broncos. They take the ball out of the hands of Russell Wilson to give it to their kicker, misses the kick, game ends, they lose by a point. What was the most intriguing storyline this weekend for you that you really kind of focused on and said, wow, that one was really something that I want to grasp onto and pay attention to? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Kansas City offense with, with Patrick Mahomes, you, you mentioned Tyree Kill now down in Miami. There are a lot of questions about how they would manufacture offense. Would they be able to create explosive plays in the passing game? How are they able to go? How are they going to put points on the board with one of their best weapons not wearing a different uniform? And look, I, I think we've gone down this path over the past couple of years of perhaps, you know, grading Patrick Mahomes on a different scale. You know, because he is still one of, if not the best talent at the position right now. And, and the way he throws the football, the way he can break defenses down, not just with his arm, but with his mind. I mean, he had to throw on a crossing route, Travis Kelsey, where Kelsey's working right to left, and he's got to get it over two defenders and drop it in before the two deep safeties. And he just puts it in an absolute perfect spot. The way he can create with trajectory, with touch, with velocity, he is such a talented thrower of the football that, yes, Hill is now in Miami, but they could still create explosive plays. They could still carve defenses up in the passing game. And so, you know, that's certainly going to be one to watch. And you mentioned Justin Herbert. Those two teams play Thursday night. That is going to be an absolutely fantastic game. The first of two minutes between the Chargers and the Chiefs. And those two teams right now, obviously, both with wins. We expect that AFC West to come down to those two teams. We get to see two fantastic quarterbacks go at it on Thursday night. Monday morning, overreaction. Tuesday afternoon, overreaction. The Titans, they used Derrick Henry when he came off of injury. They fed him so much, they almost overused him. They did it again in the opener. And then Saquon Barkley completely outgains him and almost doubles him up, as a matter of fact, in that game for the Giants. Giants going to win 21-20. to uh, They said that uh, Derrick Henry is the modern-day Jim Brown. Is he still the modern-day Jim Brown? I'm not sure if he is, Bill. I mean, that's Look, there has been a lot of carries and a lot of yards, and the reason why, you know, the economics of the game have changed with respect to the running back position is the wear and tear that gets put on that position. And Derrick Henry coming off of a, you know, he's been banged up. He's coming off of that. You know, is he one of the more feared, if not the most feared running back in the game right now? Yeah. I mean, you ask any safety who has to come downhill to try to stop him in the open field. It's not a place you want to be. But the modern-day Jim Brown, that's rather high praise, and I'm not so sure we can continue down that road. The Bills get that opening night win and just embarrassed almost to the, the Rams. They they lose, obviously, Von Miller. They lose OBJ. And OBJ probably would have been the MVP of the Super Bowl had he not gone down with the injury. Should we be shocked that the uh, the Rams look so bad, or should we say, you know what, everybody that bought into the Bills going to a Super Bowl, uh, that's the reason why? Yeah, I mean, I think this game, that game Thursday night was more about the Bills than the Rams. I mean, I think the, the Bills certainly lived up to the expectations, the Super Bowl buzz, and, you know, Josh Allen, again, you know, in that Herbert Mahomes category of just elite quarterback talents. But I do think that there are some things to monitor with the Rams. I do think that some of the losses on the defensive side of the ball, Von Miller, you know, he was playing for Buffalo Thursday night. Certainly something to watch. I think the elbow injury with Matthew Stafford is something to monitor. It's not something where I'm going to, you know, wildly overreact to it right now, but some smart people, Nate Tice, who does great work for the athletic, who played quarterback behind Russell Wilson at Wisconsin, you know, and others pointed out that Wilson's motion at times Thursday night seemed a little bit different. Seemed like he had a little bit of a dip and a loop to it, a little bit more pronounced than we've seen in the past. Is there wear and tear on that elbow to the point where he has to adjust his throw in motion? If so, that's something to watch. Now, maybe these were isolated incidents. 
and you know pressure up front or off the edges or something forced him to adjust his arm slot and his arm angle and his throwing motion. But if that continues and we see Stafford sort of a little bit more deliberate and a little, with adjusted mechanics and it's because he's compensating for an elbow injury, that will certainly be something to watch. You had mentioned earlier Tariq Hill, who obviously was the, the lead receiver for the Dolphins this past weekend. And the Dolphins, again, two of beats, uh, you know, Mac Jones and company and the New England Patriots, 20-7 to 7, uh, for the AFC East. So give me your thoughts on Tariq Hill and how much pressure Tua now has. Because the argument was always Tua's good. He could be a lot better if he actually gets the weaponry. Now he has the weaponry. How much pressure is on him to put that team into the postseason and really vie for the top spot in the AFC East this year? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Tua. I mean, because, you know, similar to some of the situations like, say, Philadelphia and what they put around Jalen Hurts, they've put the pieces around Tua at this point. Jalen Walker, Kill. you've got an offensive-minded head coach who, when he was hired, said that his job was to get the most out of Tua, get the best he can out of Tua. That's a lot of expectations to live up to. And, yes, you know, they beat New England, get to 4-0, I do think in watching that game and rewatching that game, a lot of the story from that game was more New England's offensive struggles and how they're very inconsistent on the offensive side of the ball right now. You had the strip sack fumble touchdown. You had some other inconsistencies, an early interception from Matt Jones, which potentially took points off the board. Two is going to have to be a point guard, spread the ball around a little bit, get it out quickly, let guys like Waddle with the fourth and seventh touchdown that he had, and obviously Tyree Kill create. But there's a ton of pressure on him because Miami is in a position where they're fully in the evaluation mode of Tua. Is he going to be the guy they built their franchise around and continue to have operate their offense, or do they go in a different direction at the quarterback spot? Real quick before I let you go, the uh, the other story coming out of the weekend was the fact that the, the Ravens and their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, have broken off talks. And Lamar Jackson, $250 million, he wants it all guaranteed. Now, we know that a Sean Watson deal uh, really kind of set this all in motion because it wasn't you weren't giving guaranteed money except for with the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, and that was only $90 million, not 250 Is this going to become the new norm that all the quarterbacks are going to expect all their money guaranteed? And if so, what does that then do to the rest of the league? Because I know owners, when they when that Deshaun Watson deal came out, owners pulled their hair out going, what in the hell, Jimmy Haslam, are you doing over there? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. This is going to be the contract that every next quarterback looking for the deal is going to point to. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, like those are the three next quarterbacks that we expect to be in line for long-term contracts. And they're going to use the Watson contract with all that guaranteed money as the starting point. You know, because we know how the economics of quarterback deals shift over time. Like the next one and then the next one, those are the ones that get, you know, more and more money along the road. And so that's what Lamar will point to. That's what Herbert and Burrow will point to. So I think that is going to have an impact on every single quarterback evaluation and quarterback negotiation that plays out over the next couple of years. Do I think that the Lamar Baltimore situation has a you know negative ended? I don't think so. I, I think again, as I've said before, this is a team that built their roster around what Lamar does. And I think Lamar is worth a big dollar contract with how he plays the game. But that Watson contract for every next quarterback, that's going to be the starting point. Mark, great stuff as always, buddy. Great to talk some NFL with you. We'll do it again real soon, okay? Sounds good, Bill. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mark Schofield, he's with SB Nation, joining us on the hotline. Uh, Great stuff. So many storylines in the NFL. So many storylines in the NFL. 
from this past weekend. I mean, the Browns go in and they expect the, the revenge factor to take effect with the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield. And instead, the Browns walk away with a 26-24 win. The Saints, who many pick to be the dark horse to win a Super Bowl, barely escape uh, the Falcons in 27-26 there. We talked a little bit about the Bills. Obviously, the Eagles knocking off the Lions. Lions coming out with a lot of hopes this year, thinking on hard knocks, kind of becoming fan favorites. And the behind-the-scenes look a little bit. The sensationalism of TV. And, uh, and they ended up getting beat 38-35. The Colts and the Texans tying the tie on opening weekend at 20 apiece. We had mentioned the Dolphins. The Commanders get a 28-22 win over Jacksonville. Jacksonville with Doug Peterson trying to rebuild that program and put it back on the right track after, after Urban Meyer completely just kind of destroyed that whole thing. We talked a little bit about the Ravens, the Giants, the Buccaneers, the Seahawks. So many tremendous stories coming out of this weekend of the NFL. Just absolutely positively love it. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. If you have it, you know it. If you're a partner of somebody who does, you know it. I'm telling you, give them a call. 414-455-4451. They can help. 414-455-4451. Now, if you're moody, if you're sluggish, if you're tired, you can't tired, you can't figure out, you know, I just don't have energy to get out of bed anymore. I want to go work out. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to do anything. Could be just a low T. If you're over the age of 30, it takes you just a few minutes. Go in and get your uh, numbers checked. Be good to go there. Anywhere in the state, by the way, or beyond the borders. If you got one near you and you're in Minnesota, you're out in Vegas, you're in Chicago, whatever it happens to be, and you're listening to the program, one phone number can get you anywhere. 414-455-4451. But but if you're looking at yourself in the mirror right now and you're going, God, I need to shed some weight, need to take off a few pounds, want to look better, feel better, maybe uh, get a little more spring in your step, they have an all-in-one weight loss program as well, and it works, and they can help. 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That is the New Mail Medical Center. Coming up bottom of the hour, Grant Bills out here at WKTY Sports and the Wisco Sports Show going to be joining us, talking more about the Screen Bay Packers team and their fall in the opening weekend. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.